Okay, hi, uh, I'm Jimmy Stein, and this is a podcast called Make Play. And on it, we talk about stuff that we've been making and stuff that we've been playing. Um, we being myself and uh, my co-host, Nicholas Ragusa. Hi, I'm Nicholas Ragusa. And this week we have on two guests for the first time, um, uh, Mike Fegris and Corin Stein. Corin Stein, yeah. Corin Stein, nice. Uh, you're spelling it the, the, the proper S-T-E-I-N? way. I guess, yeah. I spell it S-T-I-N-E. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah. We can thank um, immigration officers for yeah. that one. Oh, no, same for mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys want to do introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Mike Fegris. I went to school with Jimmy and Nick, um, Tisch School of the Arts, and I didn't actually study game design initially. I came in and I majored in uh, animation and film, mm-hmm. um, but then I kind of started, you know, looking into it because I've always been passionate about games, been interested in games, and hobbyists yeah. made games. Uh, so. I took a few classes, um, got really, really into it, got bit by the bug. And so <laughs> I just, yeah, so I just love, I make games all the time in my free time. Professionally, I still work in animation. Um, I'm, a, I'm a freelance animator, so I work in commercials. I, I occasionally work in feature. Mm-hmm. I work in TV. Um, so I worked on like the Teen Titans Go movie that came out over the summer. Wait, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was, that was a cool big thing I was last year. Um, but also just like, you know, pharmaceutical commercials and stuff right. like that, whatever I can do. Um, and so that's, so that's my day job. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I love making games on the side though. That's awesome. Corinne? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Corinne. Um, and I went to school at Tisch with Mike. Um, mm-hmm. and I was also in animation and film, but I guess I consider myself like more of like an illustrator. I just happened to be in film school. Um, yeah. and I... Well, I guess it's about games. I like to play games a lot, but I never actually made one or participated in making one until I started working on um, Mike's game with him. Okay. Uh, just because like we're friends and it, like I have like a sick complementary skill, so it'd be cool. Um, but like in the daytime, um, I work at uh, Tip Mouse as a right now like a storyboard uh, um, conformer, but I'm gonna be a storyboard revisionist pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing like. I've done like production and like story kind of adjacent stuff. Oh, cool. What um, what do either of those titles mean? So, <laughs> like a storyboard conformist? Cool. Uh, yeah, so storyboard, I guess, conformer is because I guess, well, a minute ago off air, we were talking about like uh, animation happening out of studio. Um, the show that I work on, um, the animation happens in Vancouver um, mm-hmm. at a studio that does 3D because it's 3D, but the storyboards are done in 2D in the studio. Right. And I basically like quality control them and like set them up. Um, um, I'm trying to okay storyboard pro is a program. Um, they draw them, they draw storyboards in this program, and uh-huh. then they, when they export them to give to the animators, they um, the animators like it if all the information is kind of presented for them, like right. like what character models they have to use, what environments are involved, and like what props in the scene. Um, right. Also like a dialogue breakdown. So I'm in charge of doing all that. And making and sure it's all there. Making sure it's all there for yeah. them, so they don't have to worry about it when they start animating, nice. and then like export that, and we send it along to them when okay. they start the episode. Um, the episode, um, and then storyboard revisions are like the apprentice position, I guess, for a storyboard artist, okay. um, where if a storyboard artist gets a script and like boards the entire episode, um, the revisionist, they are sent to move on to the next episode like within a couple weeks, and they're not really in charge of hitting all their notes. Mm-hmm. Um, like After a certain point, it's like, okay, you move on to the next thing, and then we have a revisionist um, 
take care of the rest of the notes so you right. can like get going on the next one. Okay. Wow, um, that's so interesting that there's yeah. so many different people that a story like passes through. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like from the writer to like the person who like interprets the larger strokes of the storyboard, the person yeah. that revises the storyboard, yeah. the person <laughs> that actually ends up animating the storyboard. That's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty much how it is. Um, so yeah, and so Corinne brought up that uh, we're working together right now. Yeah. Um, for about the past two years, so since I was a student, um, yeah, I I've been working on an adventure game. It's called Vivarium, mm-hmm. and it's a game about this little kid who she one day she gets lost in the woods. She's looking for her childhood home. Cause she's not a little kid. She's a young. She's like, I would say a uh, character of in. Uh, indeterminate, indeterminate yeah. age. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I like she, that. Some, sometimes we call her a kid. Sometimes we call her like a young adult. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. But um, same difference. But she's so she's this person who gets lost in the woods. She's looking for a childhood home. Um, you know, she just wants to see it again, right? Uh, she's kind of nostalgic about it. Doesn't find it, but finds this thing that's kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just kind of this ruined shack. But it starts pouring rain, and so she has to stay there for the night. Oh, so cozy. And and she wakes up and the the kind of like the wreckage that she was staying in it's this big house right mm-hmm. it's in better shape it's it's not it's not a it's not a ruin anymore hmm. and she comes outside and realizes that she's in this huge glass enclosure oh, so cool. this the woods that she was in is now this big terrarium that mm-hmm. she's in and so that's the story she she wakes up in this giant terrarium and has to figure out why she's there how she's going to get out. Um, and so it's and there's all these other weird characters who got stuck there too that she meets um so you have to kind of work those work with those characters and find out what their problems are why they're there Mm -hmm. and um sort of solve each other's issues in some ways or at least try to help each other resolve each other's conflicts um and in doing so you're all able to start making progress towards leaving right Um, so these other characters have been there longer and have also been trying to get out yeah unsuccessfully and so they're all kind of just getting comfortable with their environment because it's like a nice world it's like a little fairy tale garden and they're all just sort of living their little lives wow i feel like there's like a really big metaphor in like Mm -hmm. in like job complacency or something (laughs) (laughs) well um but it's something that yeah we've been talking about for a while and i've been working on for a while yeah and oh and i should mention um the main goal of this game is as you help people kind of overcome their internal struggles and conflicts yeah. and things like that and solve little issues around the terrarium, um, there's this big tree in the center that starts to grow larger and larger. Huh. So eventually it's going to get big enough that they can all climb out on and escape. Um, yeah, that's so nice. And so that's that's kind of the story of it. It's like kind of like a growing up. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of growing Literally. together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's an adventure game and mm-hmm. it has um, kind of an overhead perspe- isometric perspective um like uh i want to say like legend of zelda that's probably what most of your like listeners are yeah <laughs> familiar with but it has i'd say it's more like um something like uh maybe like an alien swarm or something where it's really like a right. like a hard isometric yeah. so it's yeah. we're, we're being really specific with the perspective drawing right and the um, cuts as well from area yeah to area so there's there's kind of like a resident evil style camera okay. where you go from area to area and the camera will cut um, and show a different angle of what you're doing and where you are, um, because yeah. yeah, we're filmmakers, so yeah, it's really so it important kind of to comes us. From that, so yeah, from that kind of lineage. Yeah. So Corinne came on um, probably like, a couple months, maybe a year now, like a couple months like, ago. S- like slowly, but I feel like officially. <laughs> um, yeah, because I just I was just like 
Like, I literally mess all your work on it all the time, and I'd be like, oh, I can help with this with this, but right. uh, I feel like uh, legitimately we got started going on it in, like, the summer or whatever. Yeah, okay. So probably, probably about six or seven months ago. actually made. Yeah. Um, and so, Corinne, you've just been, like, doing additional, like, animations? So, and, she's, and she's the art director. Um, okay. Um, I guess... You can, you can describe it. Oh, anything. I guess so what I've been doing is, I guess because Mike is doing all, like, the programming mm-hmm. and, like, the game making and the, uh, also will be doing a lot of the animating, um, probably most of it, because he's, like, definitely the, I guess, I feel like the more able animator here, but, um, I am really into doing, I guess, like, I do a lot of illustration, like, design and, like, concept work, so mm-hmm. I've basically been, like, helping him, I guess, flesh out the characters in the areas, like, as a concept artist, um, so... Like, will we, I'm trying to think of the first thing, we started with the main character, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, have been going, you know, as things come up that um, he needs to implement, um, we kind of will go back and forth on, like, oh, and I kind of help him so he doesn't also have to be the person doing, like, all the design work for that. I can, like, sit there while he does, like, only like stuff that only he can do and um, do, like, you know, like, turnarounds, like, different... Uh, we had the main character was fun. We had like a bunch of like we talked. We sat down and talked about like different like style influences, and then I just like spit out a bunch of right. like everything from like her her proportions. We had to go over for like based on like her <laughs> facial design. It was like oh, do we want her to have like tiny little dot eyes like the characters in like, oh, this wow, game yeah. or this? Yeah, I guess we're or like to make. <laughs> expressive like kind of like Rana esque like anime like yeah. uh, big anime expressions. <laughs> what do we want to do? Because um, they really they all give like yeah. really different yeah, effects, and we were realizing it as every time we went into something like oh like this first this is like a big choice even though it's small and this right. first this is also a big choice and so I guess I kind of make life easier by doing yeah like, like by making some calls. exploring that stuff yeah. and helping and making some calls on that end yeah, yeah. Um, guys, sorry go ahead. oh I was gonna just finish off Trin saying um, you know she's she's really come and helped me in ways that I didn't even expect that that needed help right mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I I thought oh I can make this myself like I can do it like I, <laughs> I know a little bit about all these different disciplines sure but, but really um, when you when you add another part when you when you work on something alone you have the depth of what you can do is right. what you can do, right? Yeah. But when you have another person, it's not like having two of those. It's like having an infinite amount of that because right. you get so much more between the chemistry between the two artists working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really made me realize how important it is to work with a team and find good teammates mm-hmm. who can really push you and you can push them. Um, you just go so much further uh, with with people mm-hmm. that you can trust that you work with. That sort of artistic sort of spitballing is always right. nice. I know personally when I play music and things like that playing by myself versus playing with somebody else is so different just right. seeing their perspective almost through their art is helpful in yeah sort of developing my own and figuring out what i want from a piece of music or whatever yeah and certainly there are those devs who can do it um like i think eric barone who made stardew valley right was, yeah he's, you know, got, just a, he's got something just a crazy out. genius guy <laughs> who can you know plug away to computer and yeah. make all the sound graphics and yeah design and uh, code but um for me i realized it was i didn't i didn't want to be that kind of hero yeah, i like yeah. i realized like that's okay i i can ask for help and can... want to engage with other human beings yeah exactly <laughs> and and so um so like for example i had been i wanted to do um i wanted to have these like lush painted environments yeah. but that's just not my background right mm-hmm. so i was thinking well how can i compromise how can i do this and that and Corinne was right here, and she said, why don't I just try to help you with I'll that? Just, I'll just do them. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it's been like, I mean, it's 
in like its own way been really I guess fun and also just like helpful for me um to work like in the same way working with someone else on stuff um I don't know because like I I like to I love to like draw and paint stuff but I don't always um sometimes I need like a focus or like a a thing to like fully you know like uh I don't know like pour that into um, yeah, or like a source of inspiration sure. and like having like this like structured thing to kind of like work on but it's like structured but not like because we're kind of just like coming up with everything as we go but like to have a thought of like oh like well I need to like think about this like environment or how this whole thing is like set up or maybe like this specific character yeah and there is another um, human who's like kind of expecting something yeah. of me yeah that's only the problem like, I encounter the most I need that I'm not I don't think I'm I'm not the kind of person I guess who likes to I like I am not as much a directory person I guess in that I like to uh I get kind of stressed when I'm like, I'm like oh my god people are depending on me for like these things mm-hmm. but like I like to be dependent on for like something else yeah because um, yeah. it does like make I, I've I feel like even in the past couple months like I've gotten like personally just way more satisfied with like my my like, color work or like my environment right. painting just because like I have to like do it um and do it well for these yeah. reasons yeah but, yeah that's really cool. Have you guys ever like worked together before on other projects or? We have, yeah. Um, yeah. We've worked on mostly jams. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah. we've, I think we've worked on a production. I was, I was, um, <laughs> you know, because I freelance around, so I bounce around different things. I worked at your company, Titmouse, for a little yeah. bit, and that was mm. the closest we worked in a kind okay. of a yeah, that is studio office. Yeah. Um, but we were in different departments, so we didn't even see each other. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. We're like, well, I was trying to think, because I'm trying um, to think back, because, like, since we've been friends since, like, sophomore year, yeah. so, like, we would work, like, side by side on stuff a lot of the time, like, like when we were both making our intermediate films, like, we right. would be working on, um, right. in the same lab at the same time all the time, and it would be like, oh, like, what's your input on this, or, like, yeah. can you look at this, um, same with, like, homework, it would be like, oh, look at this, look at this, but, like, the, I, it's weird, I think maybe the first time we worked on something, like, like, really worked on, like, the same thing thing like that was probably yeah. last year's game jam or yeah. something yeah. i don't know yeah. we yeah so we worked on um the 2017 or 2018, 2018. Excuse me, global game jam mm-hmm. together and we we made this game about um it's this kid who's lost a snowstorm um written yeah. by harry Vanowitz and uh, ali shafa the legendary great, harry yeah. <laughs> yeah they did a really they did a great job um kind of coming up with a scenario and we, I, I worked on the game design and what it was is this yeah so it's this uh, you're this person who is receiving text messages during a blizzard mm-hmm. in your in your house um, receiving from this other person and you don't really know who this person is yet as the player um, but you realize oh this is somebody significant to, right. to my character um, and so you stop receiving the text messages though very quickly because you lose reception so you have to leave the comforts of your house right. and kind of forge out you forge your way into this blizzard uh, yeah. and walk around and look for signal points in this mm-hmm. blizzard so um so in order to communicate this we have to have a you know for a game jam a pretty big sprawling environment yeah. where you have a lot of different yeah. areas to go because a lot of what you're doing is just kind of looking at what you're passing mm-hmm. so you go through and again it's another um overhead perspective game so right. it's so kind of a lot of unique assets and stuff right exactly yeah. and um so uh corinne was able to help us with that and so she she jumped on worked on it and i think you ended up liking doing i love it yeah it was well it was the it was funny because i didn't think i was gonna work on it at first because i was like oh this is a game jam like game making is more of like my friend's thing than right. mine i've never been involved in it. i never took any classes yeah. i never like do anything with games beyond play them um, but like when it came up, um, I remember you guys were like, someone was like, oh, 
well, you probably were the one who said it. Um, like, you know, you could probably use, like, you on board with, like, an artist. And I'm like, I have no idea what art assets for, like, a game. Yeah, this is your, the first game you like, worked on. Like, I have no idea how you do this. But, like, as long as someone can, like, kind of direct me, that's fine. And mm-hmm. I ended up being around that weekend. I wasn't even supposed to be around that weekend or something. I think my brother was supposed to be in town yeah. and he got sick. Um, but wow, it was fate. So, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to be around. Cool. I'll, I'll do it. I'll work on yeah. it. And then it ended up being, like, I feel like the first, like, time we had, like, that dynamic where I was, like, Oh, like we kind of brainstormed things together, right. and then um, Mike was really able. Like he directed me like a lot in like, oh, we need, like I guess making like sprite packs for the first time. Or, like the oh, like we need this to be like in this kind of resolution. Like you need to separate things like this. This is yeah, like, like isometric perspective. For, like the more complicated mm-hmm. questions yeah, that might um, hang you up if you were to do it. Yeah, but I ended up really yeah. like I ended up really loving it. Like at the end of the weekend, I was like super proud of the the stuff that we like made and I really liked serving the team like I guess to yeah. make a game like that because I never thought it was I thought it was just separate from everything I did I'm like oh I can like animate and like draw and like do like editorial kind of illustrations mm-hmm. but this is also totally viable and really fun um because yeah. I do like games and like playing them um and then after that I, I started thinking of it as like oh maybe that's probably like when like we started thinking like oh maybe you can help out with like this a little bit mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so Corinne just created this adorable little diorama world um of this blizzard that you're walking mm-hmm. through, this through the suburb and kind of these starts to become. She started making these abstract spaces you go through partway yeah. through, and it's really really interesting that it kind of transitioned with the story and the tone. Uh, and so we ended up. So that year we ended up winning um, best visuals at our, our local site. Shout out to Courtney Sanders for coloring everything. Yes, our, our friend Courtney as yeah. well. She was she, awesome. She did a lot of yeah. Really how many people were on? I feel like it was a big team. It was like we six were. people. Yeah, it yeah. was like six or six or seven. It yeah. was like maybe seven. Decently big. That's a lot of people to manage for yeah. a game jam because they're yeah. just so hectic. Especially because only I, again, it was the same thing where like only one or two of you were like coding or actually knew how to like make anything. Like put um, it together. <laughs> and then we had like music, art, and like right. writing going on. Um, but like you kind of had to direct everyone. You were the only one who had really made a game before, so you kind of had to like direct everyone <laughs> yeah. in like how to like put all the parts together right. on top of God, like coding most of it. Source control. Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> during oh. a game jam yeah that's, that's yeah. fun um but but we uh you know have you ever seen that um that old like meme or whatever that image of that that like counter-strike party in like 1999 oh, or whatever yeah. and oh, there's like all... the dude taped to the oh, ceiling like, yeah. on the computer yeah that's like that's like what my apartment was then um there so we were good. just it's a small place and we were all just like working really hard on that that's so cool um and so you guys brought a team together again for this most recent. So we brought that there. team together, um, and we added I think two or three more people actually. Jesus yeah. Christ. So we had so some like nine people. We had a ten person team. Yeah. Wow. Um, we had an awesome team. We had uh, Krim was working with visuals again. Yeah. Um, this time I knew what I was doing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you teamed up with um, Magnolia Porter, who worked on Monster Crush. Uh, oh. Have you heard of that oh, one? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And like. Um, she did a bunch of designs on like, like the Undertale characters and color designs in that. Mm. So, wow. so that was yeah. really really awesome to kind of get her knowledge and guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, as a developer who's worked on like she's worked on Namco games, she's worked yeah. on a lot how of stuff. Guys, how did you guys meet her? Just friend of Emmy's. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah, they're just friends. They um they go to the same board game shop and stuff nice. like that. And so, so she liked our game. Um, played it. Our friend Trent did amazing music with our friend yeah. Andy. Um, so we, yeah, so we, and we ended up winning best overall this time. So that was really, so that was an exciting development. (laughs) So we, that was this, I think that was, that was just about two weeks ago, right? Yeah. 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 So what's the sort of like log line for that game? 
Um, so that that game was um, a game about it's, kind of, it's another narrative adventure game. So that's kind mm-hmm. of our calling card <laughs> now. I think um, written again by Emmy and Harry, and uh, it's about a this young kid who is in in high school, and um, what's going on in the story is your friend uh, is like, oh, you gotta go to this party and mm-hmm. talk to the girl that you're really into in your science class. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, I can't do that, I can't do that. But you gotta be, you're already there, so you have to do right, it. Yeah, we put a collider yeah. on the exit, so you can't leave. <laughs> um, so, so you, so you go into this uh, house party, and you have to kind, of, you have to uh, talk to her. But when you try to talk to her, um, your character doesn't want to do that because mm-hmm. yeah. you know you don't have enough confidence yeah, yet, right? You can't do that. You can't just walk up. <laughs> so uh, you have to go around the party and um, meet people and have good conversation right. to build confidence. Or if you're, if you're struggling with that you can start drinking booze okay and okay. uh that will just give you confidence points um are there like negative effects but, uh, at yeah. the risk of so like we have some you know aesthetic effects where like the camera just starts mm-hmm. shaking and mm-hmm. all you start seeing double on the screen and the more you drink and like the sound changes but also the dialogue options which is kind of like the main mechanic is like these multiple choice dialogue yeah. options yeah um, I coded a little thing where it scrambles it more and more mm-hmm. uh, as you start um, drinking more. So first, right. it just mm-hmm. kind of like splits up like some of the letters and swaps them yeah. in in your dialogue options. So it's, if you're gonna say like, uh, you know, just you could you could still kind of read what it is. Yeah. Um, but as as you drink more, what happens is that gets scrambled more, and then garbage characters like question marks and ampersands yeah. start get throwing in right, uh, right. over the characters. So it becomes very difficult to tell what you're actually saying. Yeah, and so, but you still are saying the specific thing that but was tied to that that's right. choice. That's right. So yeah. you, if you click on your choice, it says out what you said. Right. So, um, so, you know, you could walk up to somebody and not know what you're saying and just click on it and then say like, oh, Leon, how big are your balls? <laughs> <laughs> like something really, really awful and offensive. Oh, no. Um, yeah, and so that was that was a good Emmy line. It was great. Um, dedicated to my hamster who died during the game. During right. Shout out. Oh, oh my god. Right. Yeah. Rest Rest. Perfect timing. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was so it's on itch. It's called I Want to Go Home. Great. Uh, so you guys, you know, listeners can just look it up and play it. It's only about ten minutes long and kind of get a feel for the work that we do. Good yeah. stuff. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, so I guess one last question to round out this sort of half the side of things is like, how does this whole creation process like make you feel? <laughs> Which is a question that I feel like doesn't get asked a lot, <laughs> yeah, but it's something it's that question. I'm very curious about for most people because it's such an intensely like personal thing. Like for some people, it's like really uncomfortable and painful, but you just have to do it. And for others, it's, it's different. So like, yeah, how do you how do you see that? Uh, I think it's a great question. Um, I, I feel a lot, <laughs> I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, because I, cer- I certainly enjoy a lot of the free wor- freelance work that I do and the commercials I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, like you said, there's a real emotional connection when you're spending, you know, months working on something and right. you're checking in on it. Or you're even a game jam when you just do something 48 hours. You're really attached to that mm-hmm. um, piece. Uh, I'm sure you guys know. Yeah. Like, when you make something, it's yeah. this. Uh, so it makes me, so for me, I feel, I do feel a deep attachment to the, things I work on even if I don't like them at first or mm-hmm. I, I come out with an attachment at the end of the day um, I certainly feel like they're very very healthy for me in a way okay. to be working on these um, these artworks or, or pieces I guess um, yeah. because I they really really keep 
they just keep me kind of driving at something, right? Okay. Like it's it's a it's a thing for me to learn about. It's a thing for me to kind of discover more things about working in games, working in animation, mm-hmm. um, and you know discovering about how I work and how what I like to make, yeah. and what I'm interested in, and it's kind of just uh, something that you know. You don't you don't lose that direction after school, right? Yeah. Um, and I know that's kind of a, a yeah, it's a it's a, it's a difficult thing. point for a lot of people, right? Yeah. It's just like um, you have all this structure when you're in art school, yeah. and they say do this, do that, yeah, um, and you do it for ostensibly you know, a grade, but also yeah. because you want to, you don't want to fall behind and things yeah. like that. Um, but having that structure is, I think, such an important thing for me right now mm-hmm. is to just be able to. Sometimes when a, when a freelance gig doesn't come in, just to have something to check in yeah. on, have a blog where people are interacting with me and asking right. questions about the game. Right. You know. Um, yeah, having when, some kind of public accountability. Right. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's super interesting. And, and just, um, I would really, really recommend it to anybody who is, honestly, I just, just pick up, if you like games, you, you probably do because you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, pick up an engine. It can be any engine. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. You know, yeah. if you... If you know a little bit about code, you can just pick up Game Maker. If you don't know anything about code, go ahead and pick up like RPG Maker. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just or Twine and just yeah. make something and share it with your friends and yeah, it's I think it's just an incredible. It has an incredible transcendent. I know mm-hmm. this is, it sounds like yeah. a lot, but it, it has a, like a transcendent power. It's more than just making something and showing it to people. Right. It really will have an effect on you. That's awesome. So cool. I feel like I feel like healthy is like a keyword when it came out um for me because. Okay, I think uh, I place like a degree of like self worth in like making things, and but the thing is that when you say that, it kind of comes out sounding unhealthy. Like a lot of people, like oh, especially right. you know, like yeah. oh, in a capitalist society, don't like place your self worth on like the amount of things you make. You're still worth something even if you don't produce anything. Right. And I'm like, that's very fair and that's very true. And but I don't think that it's I don't think I would feel worthless if I didn't make anything. I don't think yeah. it's like that deeply. <laughs> like I have a sense of self outside of it, but. Right. I think that the making things um, and like making things that I find like beautiful or mm-hmm. like worthwhile, um, just like seeing that I've like invested like thousands of hours over my life into like this particular skill, like for me, like drawing and painting, and mm-hmm. then like seeing it grow and the way that it's kind of returned dividends, like the hours yeah. I put in, um, is really like I don't know, like affirming and makes me feel really good about myself. Yeah. Um, it's all like it's it's in a way it's like kind of it's like a it's a selfish thing, but like it's a nice thing and it makes I think my day to day life really enjoyable. Um, but especially working on something like personal and it's like personal to well, it's personal to Mike, mm-hmm. but like in working on something that you like believe in, like when I guess Mike and I talk about the game. Um, like, as I've, like, come to understand, like, more about it, um, and, like, I just, the, I guess, like, the meaning, like, to him, and, um, I, I find a lot of, I also, I guess, I feel like I believe the same kind of thing, like, I yeah, it's believe interesting in, to find like, that we, the, like, share a lot of, yeah. we have a lot of shared experiences, like, yeah. for example, the house that we're, we're working in the house right now designs yeah. for the, just the look and the aesthetics, mm-hmm. and she's yeah. been drawing a lot of good content, but, um, and and like and you know I say like well I picture a house as like a big tree like when you grow up and you have your your one big tree that you yeah. have as a kid yeah or like you know or windows like this or just yeah. or this little cozy nook and Corinne will you know 
Yeah, we'll like, find like, oh yeah, I feel that way too. Like, like, oh, like I find like this very important to me. Oh, I think about this a lot. Like yeah. this kind of yeah. stuff in my childhood, or like mm-hmm. we the conversation like went to like, oh, like dreams. Like I think I dream journal a lot. Right. I think about dreams a lot. Like, and I think mm-hmm. dreams and the way you process like stuff that happens in your like daily life is really interesting and important. It kind of ties into like this whole like um, the way you see like like you know things that you saw in your childhood. Um, it's like this whole weird like surreal kind of quality. Um. But, like, so, I guess what I was saying and was struggling to find the words for was that it's, like, this isn't, it's not exactly personal to me in the same way that it is to Mike in that it's not, it didn't come, like, directly out of my brain right. um, at first. But um, it's sometimes, like, like, right now I don't have any, like, I didn't have any, like, personal, like, projects, like, that mm-hmm. were really, like, calling out for me to make, like, oh, I need to make a film about this or I need to, like, draw, like, a series of paintings about this. But, like, this is the kind of thing that I would make or, like, it's, I, yeah. I want to, like, explore the ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. it is, like, it ended up becoming, like, pretty personal, like, to me when I work on the stuff. Um, and it's, it's nice to make. I make a lot of fan art. Like, I almost exclusively used to do that when I was a kid. That's kind of just how I got into drawing. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, and, like, making a beautiful piece of fan art was really nice because I was, like, you, it's the same, you know, you are seeing the skills develop the same way. You're, like, mm-hmm. wow, I, like, didn't used to be able to do line work like that, yeah. and this looks actually pretty incredible. Or, wow, my coloring's getting better. Um, I'm better drawing people, mm-hmm. and also people validate me for this because right. I, like, post this on my Tumblr, and, like, yeah. 500 people suddenly would be, like, holy crap, I <laughs> love, like... Yeah, I guess that's... Whatever yeah, thing that's a good avenue to get people to actually yeah. look at your stuff and provide... But, when I like I I really like making what I've discovered um is I really enjoy and find it like extra like um like satisfying to make like personal kind of stuff like this um it's cool to like feel my skills like going towards I guess like making something really like new that's like not yeah. it's original oh that's yeah. like original and it's like wow like this thing is just like going out here in the world now yeah. and it's like like it's to see and then to see other people like engage with it even at the most basic level like when sometimes I'll go on like the devlog which is like uh and like see you know people ask you questions about the thing I'm like wow like this it's I guess it's like amazing to think about how like how much people just like you know like when other people make things like it's really it's really nice to think of um and that kind of stuff and it's interesting because it's definitely different from you know, if you if you put up a piece of Dragon Age fan art, right? right. Like you're gonna get a lot of people who are gonna instantly have an attachment to that property, right? Um, and they're gonna come and talk to you about that. Yeah. But it's not, you know, all, we don't have a Dragon Age fan base. We have some people who are following the dev blog who are yeah. you know, communicating with us. But in a way that those, you know, those that smaller crowd, it, you know, it's it's more interesting. It's more interesting feedback, I think, yeah. for like, me. Yeah. Uh, because because it's, they're talking they're talking directly to us we don't have to talk through a property anymore right, right? we're not right. talking yeah. through what bioware is made yeah. we're talking through what we made right with them. right kind of like, I feel, yeah it's amazing to see people engage with something that came out of your mind like really directly like mm-hmm. uh to see I, I mean i haven't really we haven't gotten really into posting i guess the the stuff that i've been doing yet but i'm i'm sure mike it's pretty incredible to see. well i guess i had the experience like making my like film like junior year or whatever right. um, to, to make this thing just totally from my own memories yeah. and then put it out there and then have someone ask me questions about it was like yeah, wow no, that... someone's engaging directly with like a really important experience to me or someone's right. engaging with like it it feels it makes me feel great to like um, yeah. see someone engage with like art that's like really personal to me and that's yeah. not an experience I had had as much until now so mm-hmm. now it's like the first I'm really exploring it right. I don't like, like let me do this all the time <laughs> like, yeah like I, it's, I, it's weird I don't show in like I've never like 
I, w- I mean, I would like to someday, but I've never, like, painted and shown, like, mm-hmm. personal artwork in, like, galleries or whatever. But I, I assume that's the kind of feeling that makes people want to do that, where yeah. it's, like, someone comes here and looks at this painting I did about, like, you know, my childhood dog, and they're, like, <laughs> engaging with it, and it <laughs> makes me feel incredible. Like, that's, like, the feeling that I start to get, like, yeah. when I see people, like, when people talk to me or, like, look at and express, like, enjoyment of personal yeah. art. Yeah, that's definitely the, the, the predominant motivational factor for me to create anything is just to, like put it in front of someone and like have them smile or something mm. like that. Cause like, I like to smile. So it's, it's nice to see someone else doing that because of me, mm. you know, can I ask the interviewers? Yeah. Uh, what's up? What, what are you guys working on these days and kind of, how are you engaging with your communities? I mean, okay. So communities don't have those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I guess there's maybe a small group of people that actually listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like creative work goes, I think a lot of my time has been sort of thinking about what I want to spend time doing in the first place like mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who's like definitely gravitates towards lots of different things mm-hmm. you know like sort of at random and Nick and I were talking about this on the walk over here actually about how like I almost don't want to know what I want to do like I'm fine with that mm. you know or like I'm trying to be okay with that because like I've been trying to like just just pick something you know and like develop my skills at it and it just hasn't happened. So I feel like at this point, I just need to like embrace that to the fullest yeah. extent possible and see what happens. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm working on like an outline for a game that will never get made because it's like a ridiculously expansive idea. Yeah, that's the, that's the Starfleet travel game. Or no, sorry, the, the racers. Like, yeah. The oh, Star- yeah. Yeah, I forgot I told you about that. It's like a, it's like a <clears throat> sci-fi street racing game. Right, right, yeah. Um, that sounds really cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun to like think about and to write about because yeah. like I... I, I gravitate towards like I, I study narrative design so like I love a good story and for, especially for interactive media yeah. there are so many like extra things you can do and so much more potential that's like hasn't been done before like there's a lot of experimental work being done that like can open up really huge avenues in this medium mm-hmm. um, but I'm also like really in love with gameplay <laughs> yeah and it's difficult to get those to like come into contact and like not just overshadow one or the other I had a really fun idea about exactly on the point you're talking about, thinking about these really wild ideas mm-hmm. for the biggest budget game ever. Yeah. Quadruple A. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. It, it'd be fun to, yeah, it is. It's like, uh, it'd be really fun to like make like a wiki or like a, a player's guide, like an old school player's guide uh-huh. of um, a game that doesn't exist, but like yeah. you fill it with oh, like, cool, really like cool. you know, fake visuals and like, Maps and things and like, like that. Cheat codes. Yeah, and, and just say like, oh, this is what you do in this world, and here's all the side quests, and yeah. like lay them out as if it, the game exists. I don't know. Right. I, I like, see like tips and tricks, like how to exploit yeah. the systems in this right. game that doesn't even exist. And uh, I feel like that would be a yeah. interesting I mean, way to pitch yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what I'm doing. It's mostly like a world outline. This is cool. Because like I, I want to write more is like the ultimate goal. Yeah. And I just like hadn't been writing any of this down because like it's never gonna get made. What's the point? And I kind of just have to like eschewed those thoughts. And yeah. Just like, Let me just write it anyway. And I think maybe once it's all written down, I'll be able to look at it and be like, well, is there anything in here that's like small enough to actually yeah. be bitten off? Mm-hmm. And like, is there like a local, like maybe I'll just do like one track and like one sort of vignette almost from this larger experience yeah. and like see how it feels and to make that. And then you have a pitch that you can put to Sony. Bring <laughs> yeah. the Sony, you know, the models. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to because yeah. I feel like that's, like, the the breaking it down to, like, a really small magical level has, mm-hmm. like, been the struggle that has, like, become, like, more apparently really important. Like, I was, like, the, right. like, the lesson that I've been, like, you know, 
the the world's like hammered it into me every single year since I started at the school. Yeah. Like it happened with my I didn't finish my inter I didn't finish my intro to animation film because like I couldn't scale it down. Yeah. Like beating it over to like and then even like up to this year the Bavarian we like were like um or I always say I realize now that you as you're saying Bavarian like on audio that I say Bavarian all the time and it's because I just you know, announced it's it poorly. It's okay. There we go. But um, but um, it's, it's like, like I uh, I I used to say like oh like uh oh. Mario, Mario, <laughs> but but um, I think we like we talked like um because I think you were like kind of struggling with that a little bit like at some point just like the wow the when the vastness of like what you had to make to like finish this game like, oh, really hit you. Sometimes, um, yeah. We were like, oh my god, how am I ever going to like do this? And I think in like in like October, at one point we all like um sat down and like we're like, okay, what's the thing hey, you need to like start making something? So like, what's the what's like the smallest absolute unit you can like mm, absolute, absolute unit? unit. <laughs> what's the, yes, the smallest unit? No. <laughs> you know, oh god. Um, you can like you can start with like right now and just be like I need because like we could just like what if it's like one environment screen that we can make and like right. you need two characters and like one mechanic and like this prop and if that got made would it be then suddenly more possible to make like every other right. thing right. which is yeah. kind of now what and that's doing. that's kind of what the, the code is now is like because we we had a vertical slice and it's like oh let's have about like six characters or whatever and yeah. we'll put all these you know we'll just put like a bunch of these yeah. areas in and we're like oh my god oh, that's crap. a lot yeah. what is the vertical slice of the vertical slice <laughs> and that's kind of what like the pre-alpha build is it's just like two houses right one like a PNG of a cat right now that just kind of like <laughs> like a star pass finds around the map and does little chores. Cat that PNG. Yeah, exactly. What a homie. Uh, <laughs> um, That's awesome. And so Nick, what about what about you, man? Yeah. Uh, primarily, I've been working on my bass guitar and just general music skills. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you've been practicing a lot recently. Yeah, That's I've, awesome. I've been trying to. It's interesting once you've been doing something, once you've been building a skill for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, it can become difficult to try and figure out what the next step is, like yeah. what you need to work on next. There's always more to work on, right. but it's it's hard to narrow it down once you have like a full view of the scope of your field. You yeah. know, right? Yeah. Um, because once out. you learn what you you learn the basics, you realize I'm learning what I don't know, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I have all these things I actually really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. And yeah, it's kind of like a skill tree, and you're yeah. like, oh, I got my skill. Oh, oh, that's a lot. Uh, how do I decide? Yeah. <laughs> Can I respec at any point? No, okay. Right, that's life. You can't ever respec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly been that, and it's been a little bit of um, world building, essentially. Mm -hmm. For I don't know what yet. I just was realizing recently I like building worlds. Yeah, you know, for yeah. D and D campaigns. Like oh, perfection sure. books that I'll never make or games. So yeah. Yeah. I think D and D campaigns are like one of the greatest creative exercises ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. both the players and the uh, especially the DM. Absolutely. The it's 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 very much that kind of like collaborative musical almost yeah. kind of experience to like come to the it's table like, with a bunch of different. It's people. like the jazz band of game design. Where yeah. It's like yeah. we're gonna do our yeah. solos. We're gonna like improvise. Yeah. And we're gonna explore this, and like the you know the DM is like. I'm gonna change this thing's HP because I need a bounce on the fly. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's totally improvisational. It's yeah. totally yeah. fun. I feel like it's kind of like a cure for like any feasible problem you could have. Like I was like I, I, I'm like wow. Like playing D and D is great. Like oh, making D and D is great. Playing D and D is great. But like, like even just like wow, made like it, I, I, it's like it's super cheesy, but like it made me like more confident as a person and yeah, like able to absolutely. like speak to people yeah. because like I'm like oh I'm DMing I have to stand in front of this room now right and, like, you can make arguments to people like right yeah, yeah. like control this in a way mm -hmm. so like yeah there's just like 15 million things that like D and D is good for yeah it's like D and D is one of those things that gets like 
sort of laughed at by like some popular culture right entities where it's like oh it's so nerdy but honestly it's like the best thing possible for nerds and like people who are antisocial to like actually engage yeah. on a verbal level in that way i think it's good for more than just nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i've introduced it to people who were like i would never have played D, and now that i have like, right this is great i and, didn't yeah. realize what it was yeah until, and it's it's yeah. it is really you know the best of both worlds like uh, where it's got this number side where it's gonna back up everything. It's like the it's right. like the gold backing the currency. Like yeah. the paper money means nothing without this, right? right, and then, right. But you have that as this foundation, mm -hmm. so that everybody's like, well, this is kind of cheesy, but the numbers say this, so we're gonna do this, yeah. you know. And yeah. then and then that kind of provides a space for everybody to just kind of come in and yeah. and and make something, you yeah. know, like at the table, just have some fun. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. Well, we kind of we've kind of started transitioning into the into the play aspect. Oh, sure. So we're gonna take a quick break. And on the opposite side, we'll talk about the games we've been playing. All right, thanks. Introducing Blue Undies. That's right, folks, it's Blue Undies. You don't have to keep that pair of underwear that you just hate. Just deliver, uh, just get our delivery underwear Get six pairs a month, try them on, and send them back if you don't like them. We'll send them to someone else. That's right. And we might wash them too. We might not as well. That's part of the thrill, folks. Do they have other colors? They're just blue undies, Grin. It's called okay. blue undies. Just blue. Blue undies. That doesn't show all the, uh, you know, they can just not wash those ones. <laughs> just doesn't show up. All right, let's do a different one. <laughs> So we're back. Thanks, Blue Undies, for the for that uh, ad money. I got a, I got a couple yeah. pairs yesterday that were mostly clean, um, so they're they're comfortable though and well loved. You know, I can really feel the the past history of this. Yeah, they're <laughs> just like <laughs> they're already broken in for you. Exactly, you know? exactly. And it's kind of like the community that I really like about it. Yeah, <laughs> there's know? no like stress about like staining them because they're already yeah, they're, they're already stained. They're, yeah, they're they're stained. They're deep blue. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I mean, yeah, full of memories. Yeah. Uh, so what do you got? <laughs> oh no. It's like a sketchbook. It's like the pressure's already off. It's already like the page isn't all clean anymore, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just as romantic as a sketchbook. Blue undies. Uh, so what do you guys been playing recently? Oh boy. Um, do you want to go first? I've I'm trying to place my thoughts because I'm in the middle of like five games at this exact moment. <laughs> uh, well, I've been I've been playing, catching up on some games that I missed. Um, but I'm catching up right now on Night in the Woods because it came out in 2018 on Switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And That's so, a good place to play. That's where get, I played it, yeah. Yeah, so I'm getting close to the end of that. And it gets really weird, man. It does, yeah. Yeah, I was not ready for that. It gets, like, super surreal towards it the end. It is, yeah. Um, and, you know, normally I don't... Normally I don't care for those tonal shifts to sci-fi, but I thought that they handled it, like, in a really yeah, kind of sophisticated it, and yeah, mature way. Because like, it's not really sci-fi. It's yeah. much more, like, surreal. Sur yeah, that's probably a better way to put and it. And, like, the sort of small uh, blue-collar town setting is kind of... We're almost ready for that, because, like, Twin yeah. Peaks is, like, probably the, the most classic yeah. example. of like, oh, this small little podunk town, nothing ever happens here kind of thing, until the story that you're watching unfolds. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm a. I would say that I'm a big fan of that game. And yeah. I'm really enjoying that, and um, and I I just think that their setting is just really one of a kind for video games. Not mm. that you know it's there have been similar things that have been done, but um, just that that tone is perfect of this 
you know, this this kid, and she's coming back, and she she just uh, for for listeners who who don't know about Night in the Woods, um, it's about this. It's an adventure game about this uh, this anthropomorphic cat. They're all they're all animals, and she comes back to her hometown in um, what is essentially uh, like, like Western Pennsylvania, yeah. right? And um, and so she she was in university. She comes back. And she was like, man, that, that sucked. I hated that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go party and, and drink in the woods. And you know, to her surprise, everybody is like, they're not excited to see her. They're like, wow, yeah. you had a chance yeah. to be somebody totally different. Yeah. And, and you could escape from all this. And you threw it away and you blew it. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting to be, that's the person you're taking the role of in this game. And I, I just, yeah. I think it's fascinating. You're like not a good person yeah. <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. But you're also not like, you're just like a confused sort right. of person in a very specific point in their life yeah it's such an interesting character though this character had a chance Mm -hmm. and threw it away and so it's kind of after the story in some ways it's a new story after a story yeah it's kind of like the fallout of like a very what we're led to believe is like a very intensely emotional period of time and Um, it's and i just love the 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 way that it's paced out is you can kind of move at your own pace and mm -hmm. you can try to kind of just reflect on what's happening in the in the game and in the environments yeah and with the characters yeah and um, the writing is also like exceptional in that the game. writing is great yeah. yeah and and at first i was i was i was kind of thrown back because i was like wait what is going on like some of the characters are speaking and really like i want to say cringy i know that's such a yeah it's it gets i think on it's that edge. Yeah. i think it's i think they do it really expertly mm-hmm. because it's so intentional because that's kind of what teenagers yeah. speak like, right? Like it's, it's like they're trying to be really <laughs> tough and cool, yeah, um, like me. And, <laughs> and so they have knife fights in the woods, right? Yeah, the and, it, and, and it's breaking just fluorescent like, tubes with baseball yeah, bats. and it's just like yeah. who like this is yeah who like speaks who speaks like this? But it's it's totally these kids are yeah. trying to be really cool, yeah, and just different really from their hard. parents, yeah, yeah. So I think that's an excellent game. Definitely, listeners should consider picking that one up. It's, yeah. Uh, it's on all the platforms. It's on all the platforms, yeah. <clears throat> and and I'm using their. I, I liked it so much. I was reading about it, mm-hmm. and um, now I, I've integrated their tool that they created. Oh, yarn. Yarn, yeah, into Vivarium. So oh, that's nice. what's handling a lot of the dialogue mm-hmm. in it. Um, cool. And we actually used it on our last game jam game. I want to go home, and we were able to just pass off so much of the logic for the game design. Right to the writers because you can set variables just like in Twine. So yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a lighter <clears throat> version of Twine perhaps or like a more it's, integrated it's, version of Twine. It's, I would say it's Twine almost to the T mm-hmm. but it's meant for integration in game development. Got it. And you can use it in your Mass Effect style games or Fallout style like big dialogue trees or you can just use it in little, um, you know, kind of little game jam adventures. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and you just decide how you want to implement it. That's mm-hmm. so much better. I've been using for like dialogue systems this, uh, I think it's meant for visual novels. It's called Fungus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've heard that one's good. It's really cool. And it does a lot of like state management and screen management for yeah. you and that kind of thing. But of course, like, you know, with any plugin, it kind of gets in the way of itself a lot. Oh, okay. And can definitely, like, one missing linkage can, like, cause the entire thing to collapse, which is what I discovered. That's, that's certainly the same with Yarn. moment before. Um, that's certainly the same with Yarn. And there's, uh, you know, it's, it's just made by a tiny team. Yeah. And um, it's, I think now, um, I think Robert Yang is working on it. Oh, cool. One of our uh, former professors. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just it's made by a small team, so they don't you know they yeah. can't implement like a spell check function, right? Because right? yeah. that's just tons of time and money yeah. and content. But yeah. Uh, but what it is is it's really light and it's really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not 
like paid <laughs> to say or anything. I don't know. To, to, to say this, I just am really enjoying yeah. um, So, Corinne, you're playing five games. Okay, um, what, yeah. What are these five all? games? Okay, well, an absurd amount of Smash, um, which mm-hmm. I feel like doesn't even... It, That's it, just like it a given. Is, it speaks yeah. for itself. Um, Wait, who, who's your, who are your mains or main? Uh, Kirby. Kirby. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, I, I've dedicated some time to like, you know, like getting online and trying to get like really, really just just really aggressive because I gotta, I gotta give Kirby like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta like, you know, prop up Kirby and like give him a good name. Yeah. <laughs> they, they say Kirby is low tier in this like, one. So Corinne's yeah. trying to prove I feel, him I feel sometimes I got into like, cause like I played like melee and mm-hmm. like 64 and like all, oh, like when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I just had all those ones. Um, and I just picked up Kirby as like, a 10 year old because Kirby was adorable right did you um, feel like the Kirby games like the dedicated Kirby no games? it's so weird I've literally only ever played Kirby Air Ride I've never played any actual Kirby games um, mm-hmm. so Kirby to me is just Kirby that is from one of the Smash. best Kirby's yeah. um, so Air I'm like oh this is Kirby from Smash um, this is why I love him yeah. um, like it's weird because like, if I was going off characters that I love from like their properties I would be Pikachu um, <laughs> right. named but right. um He's but, supposedly quite good in this game. Yeah, yeah but oh, he's he's. I use him sometimes. He's pretty good. Um, I don't know if I I don't have the technical like know how to speak, but definitely. So now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go play Kirby. If I'm like Kirby online. I have to like mm-hmm. represent him well. Yeah. So yeah. I have to really like train myself <laughs> up. God, Harry came over and gave me a lesson. He's like, oh, here's how you like oh, yeah, shield and do Harry's all this really like yeah. insane technique stuff. I'm like, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna prove myself. Nice. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I guess the main thing, um, cleaning up like Super Mario Odyssey, which has been has been like such a great. It's really what I got cleaning a switch up for. Well, because I got yeah. I got a switch after like last year seeing like my everyday like on. Well, because <laughs> yeah. you got a switch like right when it came out. Yeah. And we're like on top of all that, and I'm like. It did play a lot when it came out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I just bought a PlayStation. I'm not buying another new game system right, right now. And right. then like I saw Mario Odyssey and was like, but Mario. <laughs> so now I'm like I you know I'm like trying to get for like the 500 moon like dark uh, side thing. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of working on that slowly. And that's also I feel like it speaks for itself and being like really great. Um, the one right the two right now that are, I'm going in kind of. Like, it's for so for the Switch, Dark Souls Remastered. Um, oh, I kind of started backwards on Dark Souls. Out? Yeah, wow, so I so kind of started backwards on Dark Souls, where mm-hmm. my brother had Dark Souls three when it came out, and was like putting in mass amounts of hours, and I was living at home, so mm-hmm. I picked it up, and liked it, but didn't had never played a game like it before, so yeah. didn't quite understand how to like you yeah, know properly like, build up my character <laughs> or to play a game that that was that punishing. Yeah. Um, so I got like halfway through and then I played all of Bloodborne in the interim and it ended up being like my favorite game of all time. Wow. And then was like great, now I wanna start with like, you know, where it where it kind of began. Um yeah, and, souls. you know oh yeah, like that far. Um but probably I, a good call to start with Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> so I had it for I got it for a computer. A friend um hmm. gave it to me for the PC mm-hmm. and it was it was interesting because I I guess this having it on Switch has made it a lot easier for me to play. I'm kind of lazy, so like the opening up the computer and setting up my control yeah. and like going for it, um, and then like dying a bunch of times was like oh I would <laughs> I it would took me more to like open it up and like keep yeah. going, especially because my build was like not optimized whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came out for like for Switch, I'm like you know what uh, this is. I'm gonna buy this again because I figure it'll actually. I just knowing I have it like on the mobile thing will yeah, actually make it, pop it like open. really easy for me yeah. to pop open. I'll probably beat it this time. Right. So I it ended up being totally true. Oh. Um, I know I guess there were like mixed reviews on the remaster when it came out. Um, which I can't speak to because I didn't play like the original on the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but I within like the I you know I've had it well 
I played it, you know, for like three to four weeks, like mostly over like Christmas and New Year's, cool. and got up to Orange and Smell where I am like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, left that right before the Love game jam, um, yeah. and then haven't had time like to go for it since. But like I'm like, oh cool, halfway point. Um, and I've been really liking, I guess the the progression um, through the game. Like, oh, like this is incredibly punishing, but like I understand why everyone loves this. Right. This is really beautiful, yeah. really well set up, and it's actually incredibly fair. Mm-hmm. Like all the like, I have not been stuck on a boss where like I mean I die like you know like ten times to most right. of them at least. <laughs> but like I've I've never had a moment where I didn't feel like I was progressing. Um, fairly through like the fight like if I fought someone 10 times yeah each time I would become more convinced that like I was capable of beating them yeah, and it's, it's like, really addictive this boss mm-hmm. battle isn't contained to like the encounter itself but yeah. the sequence of encounters that you have oh, of course yeah. Time. yeah yeah so like Orange is more right now I'm Such a great system I'm like there and I I've probably gone for them like 15 times at this mm-hmm. point or like, <laughs> even close to 20 I can't it. remember um but like you know by time first time I got wrecked like two hits yeah those guys uh, legendarily difficult. <laughs> and then I like was swapping up my all my stuff. Like I had I'm like, oh the shield's doing nothing for me, but like if I take the shield down, I'm gonna die instantly. So now I'm yeah. like shield on my back, two handing like my claymore, um, and <laughs> that's working. Um and so like the time before this time I had like, cool, I killed Ornstein and then Smo immediately sat on me and killed yep. me. Um but then the next <laughs> like, time Wait, what did he do? The next time <laughs> killed so Ornstein. Uh, and then got Smo to like half health. I'm like, cool, I'm totally capable of beating this soon. I just mm-hmm. need to sit down. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm having an awesome time with that. That's awesome. And then yeah. just like ripped open, uh, which is a totally new experience for me, um, Persona 5, because um, oh, okay. our friend lent a copy to me and was like, here, you got a PlayStation. Um, and that one, I don't know if I am. Only- I'm only four hours in so far, but yeah. like three of those hours have basically been tutorial. <laughs> um, but like in, I've never played a game like it before. Um, this genre is totally new to me, so it's just interesting. And I can't say like whether or not I will have the fortitude to like go mm. for the full ninety to hundred hours. Yeah. But um, I mean, what I've seen so far has been like it's. I mean, it's been a fun new experience just mm. because like I've never like had this genre of game like open with me before. Yeah. Yeah. I. I've. Um... I have played the Shin Megami games, but right. I haven't. I've never played Persona actually. Um, but I, I just want to add to that. Like yeah. I, th- I thought that what was interesting when I was watching uh, Corinne play Persona was there's this kind of like voyeurism element to it where you're just looking into the the main character's life sort of right. a little bit. It's it's a little bit like Night in the Woods in that there's like three segments of game. Actually, this is something yeah. that we've been talking about. It's like three chunks of there's like the the battle in the dungeons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this social simulator element, right? And then there's kind of like also this like navigation thing that you're doing in some of the levels okay. and areas. Okay, so have, it have just you like it? I've I've listened to a lot of different people talk about okay. it, but I'm not entirely positive about Nick, what you, it is. Have you checked that one out? Yeah, uh, it's it's uh. You're like in a high school. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you know for me what kind of catches me up is like uh I don't love all like the the super um. Like like manga anime mm-hmm. kind of influenced dialogue like it's yeah. it's a little it's a little hammy yeah. and sometimes it's funny and sometimes it doesn't come like I, I I much prefer something like Night in the Woods that's a lot more just like kind of people talking and yeah. like kind of like you'd hear on the street yeah I guess. more naturalistic yeah yeah but um but I I have to say that like some of the really exciting parts of the game uh have been just like when you're navigating like the subways oh try to transfer all the subway lines we were just like glued to the TV because what what is this okay so um so 
maybe part of it was because I was in Tokyo in November, just you oh, know, cool. uh, just visiting for just fun, doing, doing being a tourist. Stuff. Yeah. But um, but uh, we we were in this with this one segment where you have to get onto the Ginza line because I think the JR line is which is like the public transit mm-hmm. line. You have to switch onto one of the private lines okay. because um, there's like. Part of the narrative is like there's like all these weird freak accidents happening on the trains mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. and traffic accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just have this little moment where you have to change trains, and it's a, it's a replica of I think Shibuya Station, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's just so amazing where you're just like you're just wandering around and you're like it is this total voyeurism dollhouse thing where it's huh. like you just get to explore a subway station right. and like actually get lost like you'd be in real life but right. you're totally safe you're in your own right. you're Without in the comforts of your own apartment so you just kind of get to like walk around in the simulated space yeah. i really like it it's yeah. it's it's a really i mean yeah it's it's that's special interesting that's an interesting it's, it's, realization because like we could do that like right. you, you could just like go to grand central and just like the plan is to walk around grand yeah. central and just like see what is here um, um, but we never do for some reason totally and and but it's so interesting to do in like, for example, when we played Spider Man. Oh, the the Spider Man oh, game yeah. I, I borrowed. Need to play that. So from the same from the same friend who just has been lending me all these games for the PlayStation, um, borrowed the Spider Man game, and it's weird. Like as a kid, um, I mean, I guess like this is this whole diet like liking doesn't like play like dollhouse diorama kind of like cozy like yeah. weird tiny versions of worlds. It's yeah. just mm-hmm. like one of the main appeals like video games for me and uh, you too. And obviously it's like kind of a lot going into my bedroom. It's like oh like this stuff is so cool. Um, but I played like the real old like the PS2 Spider-Man GameCube yeah. one um, oh as God. a kid, Classic. and I was just obsessed with the fact yeah. that you could look at like different parts of New York City, which right. are like, vaguely familiar, right. and they would be kind of like they are in real life, yeah. like not exactly, but yeah. like you could see like buildings and areas and know what they were. Right. Like the flat, like the flat iron is flat iron, no matter mm-hmm. where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so open that game up. I'm like, great, I'm gonna see this. I have no idea if I actually want to play this, but I'll go for. It. And I played like an hour or two, just like swung around the whole city yeah. and like was like, oh, look at this. This is my route back from work, kind of. <laughs> um, it's kind of condensed. Or like, oh, hey, yeah, that's we interesting. Where it's at... like a little bit bastardized, right? Yeah. Where it's like not the one to one, where it's like they had to make yeah. some cuts. So right. seeing what gets cut and sliced yeah. and nipped and yeah. tucked and yeah. sewed but together. We went to like yeah. Washington Square Park, for instance, mm-hmm. and like there were, and like kind of checked out the kind of the things look the same, the things look different. And then we also basically like, Voyard our own like apartment complex. Right, this and room that we're sitting in right, right now. I would imagine this. Like, yeah, is, it was. Is, is there like? Yeah, the, the fountain that's right out the window there. The details we, of the little fences and stuff were actually one hundred percent accurate. Very accurate. Yeah, and like the awnings over the that you guys came in through. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, this this room was definitely yeah. Spider Man. I'd be really curious to see like what the process for that reconstruction. I is, absolutely you know? would be too. I'd be fascinated. Like, I'm assuming lots of Google Maps are involved. Probably, um, yeah. But, like, you know, at what point, like, do they just take a normal map of Manhattan and just, like, cut it up? And where know? was that game made? Like, Vancouver or LA or something? Um, it's Insomniac, right? Yeah, I don't I think it's in, like, they're in, like, California. Like, yeah, California. probably LA somewhere. Um, it's, it's, like, it's interesting. This is, like, these people who are not from here yeah. got this, you know, pretty, pretty accurate. Right. And, like, I remember just, like, all that, the old, like, wasteland garbage on the East River where it's, like, you know, old factory storage and warehouses. Yeah, it looked just like it. Uh, And something about that just, like, grabs me. Yeah, we did that for, like, an hour or two, like, when we got that game, and it was like, cool, this is awesome. Um, And then I, like, went to actually play, like, the game, um, and I realized that this was, like, this is a very specific thing that really appeals to me, um, and that the the gameplay style, like, a lot of people, like, really like it. Um, I... Like, I assume it's, like, good depending on your, like, preferred genre. Mm-hmm. But, like, I I ended up just not being able to get into, like, the rest of the gameplay. Just, like, the 
there like a lot of the the fighting mechanics like the quick time events right. like the the mini games stuff like that and i ended up just like you know looking around the whole city and then mm-hmm. be like cool diorama and then just like dropping it yeah I but mean, like that stuff just like really spammy. appeals to me it a is, lot yeah yeah it, it's but um and just another note on the that and also the the tokyo subway thing this should be like oh, it's yeah. it's just like something about being able to see the things you know so well but yeah. recreate it in it's just like I mean, it's just like any art. It's like a right. mirror of what we know, yeah. and it's fascinating to see what what got through translation, right? Yeah, yeah. Like when a famous photographer takes a photo of like a place that you recognize, yeah. and you're like, oh, exactly. That's yeah. really beautiful. I wish I had seen it in that yeah. way. You it's know? like what do they consider important to like you know make it recognizable as like right. the space or right. like as the thing? Yeah, or even like if you've gone on a on like a vacation with like a friend who's taken a lot of photos, it's like oh yeah, I, yeah. I remember that day of the trip, but like I didn't see that. Like where where was that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's nice. Or or being in the Tokyo subway as a native and not as a foreigner who's like right. lost, you yeah. know, it's like so kind of role playing somebody else who's doing the thing you did. You yeah, know? yeah. I guess that in terms of immersion, that must be like really awesome because it's like I don't need to pull up the map in this game because I just know where things are. You right. Know? Yeah. This is what yeah. I do. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But that was definitely like so so far out of all the parts of the game that has been like highlight for me other than like the the art like i like i really happen to enjoy the style of character art that's kind of like what drew me mm. the first thing that like drew me to oh maybe i'll borrow this yeah maybe i'll like because i'm like wow 90 hours is a lot like but yeah. you know maybe i'll borrow this but i do like the character art and the visual style um and then also the music um if you're into yeah, like video game music really it's good. that is like what sold me during the game jam weekend um mm. the friend who lent it was like oh um like what do we put on we've been we basically <laughs> just sat here and just like pump music the whole time and we're just running out of stuff and she was like, oh, put on the Persona soundtrack. And then we put it on, and I was like, hold up a second. This is incredible <laughs> a sounding. And then and that was like, what was like, you know, yeah, be like, like, yeah, give me that. Let me yeah. let me try it. Um, so like, cool. who knows how the whole thing will go? But like, there's definitely a lot to like, like in my opinion, um, nice. so far. Cool. And and you guys have been. It's probably gonna date the podcast a little bit, but you guys yeah, have been playing uh, Apex Legends. Yeah, now. Apex so Legends, that's which is such a such a weird. It's such a video game name. It is. Yeah. Like it, it means absolutely like, yeah. nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. It, um, yeah I right. think so. It's in the Titanfall universe. It's made by um, Respawn Entertainment. Oh, is Titanfall. it? So it's like tied to an IP. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but there are no Titans in it, and there's also no wall running, which was like a big thing in Titanfall. Right. Um, which is probably for the best. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they integrated they some kind of like. It and they're like, "This isn't working." Yeah, like you have to know they at least tried it out, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, and I think it's probably better for it because like mm-hmm. in these kinds of so it's a battle royale game, sixty player total and uh, all composed of three player teams. Um, and so yeah, if if you if there were to be mechs involved, it would just get to be really strange, you know, to distribute them evenly and to like. You know, it would really enhance the the power disparity. I'd feel like because you would only you would only be able to have like a handful, and currently the way you know it's like the Hunger Games where like all the most valuable weapons are in the most powerful stuff is like right in the middle, which is going to be the most volatile place. And like if you get lucky, you'll right. get out alive, but with some good gear, but you'll probably die. Yeah. And so if you were to add mechs to that mix, it just like the the disparity after those engagements would just be massive mm-hmm. instead. Yeah, I think it definitely solves a lot of problems that I've or complaints at least that I've had with previous Battle Royale games up to this point. Um, There's probably one of the reasons why I haven't played any of them uh, too intently or mm-hmm. tried to get really good at any of them, which is, um, well, for one, the, the gameplay, the gunplay is actually good, yeah. which I really like FPS games. Um, I played a lot of Halo when I was younger. <laughs> I grew up and then played a lot of Overwatch mm-hmm. and Team Fortress and all that, and I just really like the... 
physical skill of playing an FPS game and sort of that working on that. But yeah. this is so broad. But what makes to you like a good gunplay, right? And like, what what is um, what is that? It's of, a lot about feel, like, personally. Like, mm-hmm. it it's hard for me to. So one one like more concrete thing is bloom and sort of how you handle um, like shots themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for example, in Fortnite, which I played a little of, um, really before it got super super popular, because I saw some streamers playing it, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. It's free. I'll give it a shot. Um, I never liked the gunplay in that game, and for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, shotguns in that game always felt like there was a sweet spot and it was too difficult to find. Um, Mm. At certain distances, you would do like eight damage out of like 200 and then a little bit closer and you'd do like 90 something. And it just didn't, it didn't really feel fleshed out, like sort of that distance. Okay, there wasn't like enough nuance to it. Yeah, it it felt, it was difficult to gauge um, Mm -hmm. in a not that fun way. Mm. Uh, And then the bloom on the actual shots, like, the first shot had bloom, which was an issue. They fixed that eventually in Fortnite, but I hated that because that means that your first shot, even if it's right on somebody from a distance, could go out that way, um, right, which so, just so doesn't feel very just rewarding. The phenomenon of like having the bullet not necessarily go where the reticle is. Yeah, the reticle. Sometimes they even make the reticle bigger just to show you, right. you know, like where it's yeah. the, the area spread. that it could yeah. be, which is. Interesting. I don't think they did that in Fortnite either. They sort of did. They also you couldn't change your reticle, which I find frustrating. There's there was a couple of things that I disliked, but really also just the feel of the guns in those games, um, probably having to do with sound design and all of that. Yeah. It, it really didn't yeah. put me I in mean, the I mean, game so, enough. So much as I will say, like the sound design in this game is freaking great. That's like, awesome. I it's it's well, like the, yeah, all the, the, the UI is like really satisfying. It's a lot of the same people from Titanfall. Yeah. I'm sure that it's. It's got all that polish. It's got all that. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it does the because the, the thing I like about battle royale games, even though I'm horrible at them and they terrify me, and like every time we play this game, I like shriek the first time we see someone <laughs> because like I'm just so tense the whole time. And I think like navigating that hump is like probably the biggest like difficulty that I I will face in this game. Like the embodied element of like you know aiming and shooting and stuff like whatever. Like I'll get there eventually, but right. the like remaining calm within an engagement is like so hard. Because like the stakes just feel and that's much, the much greater higher. game at hand, which is interesting. Yeah, right? absolutely. But it and it and it sets those moments up really well though, because like the map is it feels pretty small. Like I haven't played uh, PUBG before, mm-hmm. but that th- those maps always seem kind of like expansive and like you can right. really just be in this whole like twenty acre area alone and just kind of like feel safe in mm-hmm. that sense. Whereas this is like very dense. Like the map has mm-hmm. a lot of like different features on it. There's like all kinds of buildings and and like overviews and, and bluffs and and you know very varied sorts of environments um and so like you, you really don't know like where anyone could be at any point in time but it gets really quiet and like they mm-hmm. let it get quiet for long periods of time and That's i don't great. really know i haven't really paid close enough attention to like how they handle music and things but um just like the sort of ambient sound of like gunfire in the distance is like really like it's so nerve-wracking it's so yeah. nerve-wracking mm-hmm. but like I don't know, we were watching a, like a, a, a professional Overwatch player, Seagull, play the mm-hmm. game for the first time. Mm-hmm. And watching someone who's really good at FPS games play this, play I guess like anything for the first time, is like fascinating. It's like watching like some highly adapted 
animal like just chucking them into water and like watching them like morph into like a fish you know and just be like okay i'm a fish now i'm gonna kill this thing like i'm gonna do great i'm gonna be the best fish ever and and that's exactly what happened like he just like owned the entire player base and like won in his first match basically um i guess last thing on this maybe i was i wanted to ask you guys what do you guys think about the teams in that game because that seems like it it offloads some of the like oh it's just me no so it it feels like nice it almost like spreads out some of that tension so it's like oh i lost but my teammate's still in it so i still have a hat in the game yeah yeah that that sort of recovery aspect of it is is really fun um because you can you can kind of the overall strength of your team can vary pretty wildly so you can Mm -hmm. go from like all three of us are alive we have tons of ammunition and, and medical kits and stuff like that and we're like ready to go yeah and then now like Two of us just got downed, and so when you get down, you can get revived. And okay. if you get killed once you're down, you leave a chest there. But the your teammate can like grab a beacon from the chest and go mm-hmm. take it to like a specific command point and like resurrect you there. Gotcha. And that that mechanic actually is part of the reason why. I so you're not out got, of the game. Yeah, why I got really yeah. interested in it is yeah. because when I would play, I have a couple Discord chats of just friends who I play video mm-hmm. games with whenever they're around, mm-hmm. um, and when we would play battle royale games, our biggest gripe was that. If two of us died yeah. quickly out of nowhere, then there really was no recourse for our teammates to do anything about it. And mm-hmm. so we would be waiting yeah. um, for the end of the game with no chance of our coming back into it. And yeah. this game at least gives you more of an opportunity. It's once you get downed, um, the enemy team can just kill you and loot your stuff, etc. But because your teammate can go get that beacon within like 75 seconds that introduces some interesting interesting play like yeah. the mm-hmm. enemy team can camp out the person they just killed to wait for the teammates to show up trying to get their beacon within mm-hmm. the correct amount of time and if your teammate does actually defeat sort of the enemy squad who you're engaging with um they're rewarded by being able to revive their teammates which yeah. i find to be a lot better it's yeah. it's it's it feels less terrible when you're playing with friends two of you die and your teammate just has to try and go it alone yeah i mean and it's, it allows it's a different for those, style like, but those big comeback moments yeah, where, like, yeah. The swing, like the hero moments yeah exactly yeah. the swing comes from like you're decked out to like one guy's left with like two bullets and he manages to like you know hide from the people and they like lose interest and walk away or something and then you like creep out and get the beacons and now you're all back and yeah that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. it's really fun um I've also been playing or trying to finish this game called Ashen. I don't know if it's like mm, a. It's from I think Annapurna Interactive Steam, published right? it. Um, I think it's coming to Steam, but Epic Games now that they now oh, they're like selling no, more right. games yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they like scooped it. Right. Okay. They also scooped like Metro, the new Metro game that's coming out, yeah. which is really strange. Big bid. Yeah. Did, so they probably have some deal where they're just. They're just like throwing Fortnite money at people. I think so. Yeah. They have to be. Yeah. Right. They have to be throwing. That's. They're Classic just exclusive. It around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, which is also interesting, like, that those developers were like, we'll just take your Fortnite money instead of, like, spreading our game across two platforms, you know? Like, either they must have gotten so much money that they couldn't say no, or they weren't so sure how well it was going to sell. Maybe they're very confident in the platform, too. Yeah, because or that, because, I mean, because that's the other thing. It's like, people are like, oh, like, Steam is so established, and, like, everybody's there. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. is everybody really there? Like, a lot of people play Fortnite, and yeah. you can only do that on the Epic Games Store. And a lot of young kids play Fortnite, right. which is definitely a new generation. Yeah, yeah, that's like a good target to start putting games on yeah. because they're going in there every day. Yeah. 
they can see new games still. Yeah. Start and also, there. you have the phenomenon, for example, when the, the Nintendo Switch came out, there was a small amount of games, and they were pretty curated, mm-hmm. that were on the online store there. Yeah. And so maybe they're seeing that and thinking, oh, we can stand out um, yeah. against For sure. the C that's on Steam now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to be one of the standout games because there's just less stuff, and it's yeah. curated right now yeah. because they're really, really trying to make this nice, polished storefront that... Yeah, I'm curious to see how they evolve their storefront as well because it feels like it needs a sort of revamped design. Yeah, I'm definitely not a... UI designer yeah, at all, I mean, or, me or that's <laughs> kind of armchair. But, but. I, 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 would say that I, I think it's it, it is using that kind of tired model now. Where mm-hmm. It's like, all right, we're just gonna put it all up here. Yeah, you know, it's similar to the humble store. It's mm-hmm. similar to the PlayStation store, um, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ashton is like an indie Souls like. I guess is the best so way to describe. And it. you're playing on the Epic Store. Uh, yeah, and I'm playing it on oh, PC. So you guys are. Converts. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that's the only place it was like it was there, and I don't know. Do you know like Austin Walker? Yeah. Um, he like loved this game and like would not stop oh, talking cool. about it when it came out, and so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, like I'll. Corinne and I are still on Steam, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we haven't. Yeah. I mean, I'm only playing it on the Epic Store because that's where it was. Yeah. Right. Um, True. But I just really wanted to like it a lot more than I do. Um, it just, I mean, it's the Souls like so it's really hard, mm. but it doesn't have nearly as much. Of that rewarding sensation of like discovery and kind of um, like chip the whole chipping away at this thing feeling, mm. in part because they have like specific dungeons that you can enter, which Dark Souls doesn't really do. It's kind of all one long sprawling interweaving dungeon. In yeah, its own, I, right. I which is great. Like with Dark Souls for me, and like this is like the the kind I feel like the the pretty visuals like like kind of, and a little, a little bit of shallow but it's not really like this is everything goes into the game yeah. and I'm like um but like this is me the pretty visuals lover over yeah. here i'm um, saying that dark, the only reason not the only reason but i feel like the main reason that dark souls is especially engaging and not like because tolerable is not the word because it's way more than tolerable it's right. like extremely engaging um but the reason i like it and engage with it and maybe wouldn't with a game of the same difficulty that have a different visual style is just that it's so open and so beautifully made like right. all the, the detail in the world um and like the excellent visuals like the like the crazy world building like the architectural yeah, like styles the variety of weapons and like movement sets attached to the weapons Here's like the all of that makes the i think that all that makes like the the punishing yeah. bit like endurable yeah. um where for a game that had like a less like i guess not a lush like visual like mm-hmm. or like a more a less open visual landscape like that um yeah like anything more uh it, it's i have less patience i guess for extremely hard games when they're not just like bombarding me with just right. like yeah beautiful stuff. it's it's so interesting i mean like i would say that dark souls is like the renaissance man game right where it's like we have it all like we yeah. have i mean not not everything is the most polished or perfect but it's pretty strong in all those categories where it's like we have you, you want engaging boss fights we have them like we have <laughs> we have uh an incredibly thoughtful sculpted world that like is taking yeah, all these different inspirations from all these different architectural right. styles and gardens from history uh-huh. like yeah. it's it's incredible it's it's like this team who has such a breadth of yeah. experience and knowledge who's bringing that all so it's more than you know if i said oh it's it, dark souls is a cool game because it has this like estus flask where it's like you you yeah. have five tries and then you go back and then you can defeat some that's not even selling like one twentieth of it, right? right? It's yeah. like there's so much more to it exactly. that's just like yeah. The things that people extrapolate to call another game a Souls like 
is like hardly anything of yeah. like Dark Souls. Like like for me as an animator, um, I, I mean I like cartoon animation. It's like that's what I like is cute stuff like that. But I, I look at this and I'm like, this is excellent. This yeah. is like there's like a force and a weight and a yeah, real and thought to designs. creating this yeah. world. Like the like when you get into I love like I dread and love coming up to like a new boss fight because I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to be here yeah. for a while <laughs> because this is gonna punish me to death. Yeah. But like when the the moment like when you get that cinematic and like I like there in like like definitely in Blower and Dark Souls, like, there has to be at least one. I'm just like so affected by this. There's definitely at least one like boss opening cinematic that like made my eyes wet. I was just like, what the heck? Like this is just so beautiful. I have no yeah. idea what's going yeah. on here. Yeah. Like again, like your the context is usually really minimal. Right. But like the it's just like glorious what yeah. you're seeing, and you're like, like wow, treat. one single mm-hmm. tear just like pops yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like actually, I mean, it's it's indie, so like it, it has a much reduced sort of yeah. polygon count, and, but it's it's stylized. You know, it it, it looks well enough. Mm-hmm. Um. But like the sort of overall like gameplay arc it just isn't isn't quite there for me i mean i like it because it does a lot of things with light so like when you go into a dungeon it is dark because there is no light down oh, there cool. and you have a lantern that illuminates like three meters in a radius it's just around a bit like the second dark souls right? a little bit more yeah yeah cool. it's a lot like reminds me a lot of uh dragon's dogma which is like oh, an old Capcom yeah, game right um which did a lot with that but to a less punishing extent because in this game it's like, yeah if you don't well that sounds, paying attention, that sounds like a neat hook <laughs> yeah. to have yeah yeah but the dungeons also just are very long and Mm -hmm. so it's like it's essentially like a very long span of time between bonfires more or less gotcha but like especially long and especially difficult culminating in a boss battle so it's like just getting to the boss battle is like an entire like ordeal in its own right Mm -hmm. and then you also have to deal with the boss at the end of it Mm -hmm. so to the extent that like okay if you make one mistake in this boss battle instead of like you know spending five minutes to like go back to camp and like run past some enemies and get to him you have to go through this entire dungeon yeah and it's just yeah it's just it's a little too much for me <laughs> at this you, point yeah. in time so is it is it still worth giving a shot or is it kind of just to see what they did right and what they did wrong and, and learn I mean, from it, it or is, is it more it of is, a it is interesting but I feel like you could get a lot of it out of just like watching some gameplay because okay. the yeah. gameplay itself isn't like that exciting yeah you have like your heavy and light attacks most of the weapons do the same attacks and that's kind of it again and again <laughs> okay I got a weird one yeah um I've been playing Yonoid 2. What is that? Uh, I think it, I don't think it came out. I think it was a 2017 game. Mm-hmm. So part of that great year of games. So Yonoid was, I believe, an NES and Genesis game. That's the Noid. Do you know what the Noid is? I don't think so. It's a okay. So it's a it's an old Domino's pizza mascot, right? Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready for this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. how do you even describe it? It's like a rabbit, but it has like a human. No- it looks kind it's of like, like a, a little man. It's like a gremlin, basically. It's like a Looney, t- like the gremlin Wait, of Looney is Tunes. Is someone? Who thinks that that character's out to kill them? No. <laughs> but that sounds like something that would come oh, out I of this. That, I think that was um, the plot of a play that my girlfriend was talking okay, about. Okay, okay, okay. Because this, yeah. Domino's has its fingers a lot of narratives. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Domino. And so, so, um, so they have this mascot character called the Noid. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's like the, the, the gremlins in like the 40s Looney Tunes that okay. would like you know, destroy airplanes and stuff like right, that right, in the right. War of Time cartoons. That's, like, the closest comparison. It's by Will Vinton. Like, that's who made the Noid character. Uh-huh. Who, he made Clay... Like, he has the copyright on Claymation, right? Like, oh, wow. that was his thing is, like, Claymation and, and stop motion mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's this weird little gremlin character. They made some games in the 80s or whatever. Um, and then some just wacko cool devs, like, mm-hmm. weird, interesting people, I guess, got together and um, they made 
a like a like a fan sequel oh, called good. Yo Noid Two, huh. and it is a really strange surrealist game where it's like it begins as kind of a remake of the the eight bit game, mm -hmm. and then it just like you go out into this. It's this almost like hard to describe the tone of it because it's like it's like it's like a it's like a shitty mascot game that you would get for the PS One. Like right. it's got a it's got like a PS One aesthetic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, but it's. I'm sorry, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And, but it, it, it's kind of like, has this, um, it, despite all this, this really weird aesthetic, and it, it's really, it's got, um, it's got just incredibly polished game design. So it's mm -hmm. like this exercise for these people to make a great 3D platformer. Right. This was the 3D one that you like showed yeah. footage of last year? Yeah, and they have like, it's got like a, like a swinging mechanic where uh -huh. you can, um, latch on, you know, that great feeling grappling hook. And there's a lot of really neat, surprising stuff about it. Like, for example, there's these, like, um, like little pizza bits, like bits of pizza that you collect <laughs> and you run along and pick up. And the weird thing about it is that there's, they're like, the coins are rings and Sonic and things like that. Okay. But they don't, there's no counter or any points or anything. Like, all <laughs> it is, is it you're just it. doing it to, like, because they know all yeah. that this is really for is bread crumbing right. for you to, like, get further in the level and yeah. know where to go and know where you've been. Right. And so it's, like, this super, like, minimal, minimal yeah. design that's really cut to the core of what yeah. a 3D platformer can be. Yeah. And it has, um, they've scoped it in such a way where it's, like, the animation and like sound and stuff is actually great like mm -hmm. it, it's really it's like very very uh it's intentionally bad mm -hmm. but yeah, it's good my favorite aesthetic but it's <laughs> but it's good artists making it like yeah there's like a pizza box that opens when you go into a level and you jump into a domino's pizza box right <laughs> and the the animation on this is like this, this big like over exaggerated squash and stretch for this thing but bursts open and oh like and just like sucks you in and like eats you and it's like weird and and, and, like, the characters are kind of, like, pondering their existence over mm -hmm. as you play the game more. Mm -hmm. They're, like, pondering their existence as, like, just, like, crappy mascots that yeah. are going to get forgotten. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's that's an odd one that I, I've been playing that I... Cool. Where, where are you like, playing that? I think, you, uh, I think I just got it on Itch. Okay. Uh, so it's, like, released under Parody Loss, right? Right. So it's just... It's free. Yeah. They're not making money on it, but Domino's hasn't shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Domino's. Um, so that's... Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I think that probably covers all our business today. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a great podcast, guys. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thank, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank yeah you. it's been awesome. Um, so you guys have anything you want to plug? Any URLs? Any uh, social media stuff? Yeah, we're, um, we're going to be posting a lot for our game. We're, um, we're kind of building a backlog of content, actually, full disclosure, to, mm -hmm. to put mm -hmm. up um, soon. Uh, so what's going to happen is you can just check out vivariumgame.tumblr.com and that's the main blog that we post on. We've also got a Vivarium Game Twitter. Mm -hmm. Just um, So you just go to uh, at Vivarium Game. Cool. Under, vivarium underscore game, excuse got me. Got it, got it. Um, and you can see uh, our Twitter posts. But um, that Tumblr blog is kind of the main one right now. Cool. Um, and so you can check out posts for that. You can go to see our Game Jam game on itch just search i want to go home okay w-a-n-n-a -N -N -A, not want to um <laughs> important distinction and corinne uh, you have anything you want to share i mean that's you've I mean, got your art blog i do have my art blog um, yeah. i and i guess i'll be all the all the main source for all the game art will be like the uh vivarian blog but um 
Little Nim Art, um, L-I-T-T-L-E-N-I-M-A-R-T dot Tumblr.com is where I post, like, my everything, um, which ranges from, like, um, just, like, random sketches I do during the day of, like, video game characters, like, fan art, like, original stuff, just, like, basically anything I ever make and feels worth showing to people, I'll just, like, throw up there. All right. Yeah, cool. that's pretty much it. Nice. Yeah. Um, and as always, you can email this podcast at makeplayradio at gmail.com. And at some point, we might read questions if we get any. <laughs> All right. So there's that. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Fuck. I've gotten really into non-dairy yogurt recently. <laughs> <laughs> no. mm. Mm.